Rise up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ball and show. Joining us for another episode is Mr. Todd Brooks. Mr. Brooks, welcome to the show. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Uh, enjoying watching the Braves game as we're talking here. So uh, things are going pretty good for the Braves, up 3-1 to one right now. Going to discuss a little Falcons tonight. So, hey, it's a typical Thursday night now. Yay, I like it, man. All the sports. is a plethora of sports going on. And just like what you said earlier, like with the – just that one sentence, enjoying the sports, enjoying – the Braves, just a quick note on the Braves or whatever, but like just enjoying just being in the postseason. Everybody just enjoy it. I know things didn't go your way the other like night, but like just enjoy the sports that you have, even like the Falcons. It's hard to enjoy them, but you know, just enjoy everything that we have going on. I don't know the basketball just went away, but I don't know. It's It's been good to have just the pick of whatever you wanted. It's been really cool to have – certain games going on when you know they're not typically going on it's pretty pretty fun so it's only about a month you have basketball back i know nba but college basketball start uh, around the 25th or 26th of november oh that's huge i mean that's and that's that creates such a different atmosphere obviously you know just the 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 mentality or the the atmosphere around college basketball is completely different than the nfl or the nba so that's it's always fun so uh Back to the NFL, a lot has happened since our last conversation. Um, The Falcons have had a pretty uh, newsworthy week. They've had the firing of general manager Thomas Dimitrov and the firing of Dan Quinn as head coach. They've had the firing of uh, Kawika, the uh, special teams coach. And now, I don't know, you know, I don't want to get the reporting wrong, but there have been multiple positive COVID-19 testing – uh, I think there's been staff members have been tested positive and they shut the facility down today on a Thursday. They had to do everything on a uh, virtual level. So, um, I mean, you're literally missing one day of practice, like of a new coach. Like Raheem Morris got named the starter – or not the starter, the head coach Monday. Was it Monday? Yeah, Monday. And he's already missed a full practice. So that's got to factor in some kind of way. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and as of right now, I mean, the game's on, but we don't really know if there could be a postponement or a cancellation. This would be probably the first time. I don't remember another uh, team closing their facility and still playing the game at their regularly scheduled time. So just kind of look out for that over the next day or two. For sure. And if it does get postponed, if it does get postponed uh, I'm pretty confident it'll be for a Tuesday. They've already got a Monday de- uh, game being postponed till Monday, or a game postponed till Monday. So that would be a third NFL game on a Monday. So I don't think they would do that. I think it would be a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and this is the second COVID nineteen. You know, what do they call the injured list for the COVID nineteen list? So this is the second Falcons player to be put on the list in a couple of weeks now. So, I mean, that's not good. I don't, you know, and there was a big dust up with the uh, Titans of them being uh, not following protocol. And I haven't heard anything in the news that the Falcons have just not followed protocol, but uh, 
uh, I think the Titans are still being investigated. And boy, did Derrick Henry run mad. Boy, everybody's mad at Tennessee for not following the product protocols and such. Boy, they put oof, they put it on the Bills, man. That stiff arm will be talked about for a long time. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, who knows what the Falcons did? You know, maybe they went and celebrated after Dan Quinn was fired and went partying in downtown Atlanta or something. I mean, you, you don't know what they might have been doing as a team. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, so speaking of team, there is a game uh, this week. As of right now, like Todd said, um, it's going to happen Sunday as of right now. So it's the Minnesota Vikings um, away, I believe. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, yeah so the they're they're on the road up in Minnesota and inside their big, nice new stadium. Um, it looks like a building from Star Wars. And this team is a very interesting matchup for for the for the uh the Falcons. I want to let you uh take it away. What are your thoughts initially about this matchup? Well, initially, Minnesota has some injury problems. So, um, they're, Dalvin Cook may be out of the game. He's got an adductor strain. So, that might take a little bit away from their running game. They're ranked fourth in the league in rushing right now. And uh, they're not a very good passing team. So, that kind of bodes well for the Falcons that uh, the Minnesota Vikings are only averaging 215 yards per game passing, ranked 25th in the league. So, that means our defensive backs may not have to – be quite as uh, wary of the passing game. Um, they're kind of average as far as points scored right in the middle of the pack at 26 points a game. And their defense is horrible, just like the Falcons. They give up 30 points per game. Right. So this might be the, you know, the, the, um, uh, what's their record? Is their record bad as ours? They are one and they four. They are one and four. Yeah. They have won one more game than the Falcons have. Um, they almost upset Seattle the other night. They were playing on Sunday night football, and Seattle's luck just hasn't ran out yet, even though their defense has been as bad as it is. Uh, they're still – they keep on ticking. Yeah, so uh, one of the interesting things about this matchup uh, that the Falcons uh, could play in the Falcons' favor, like you said, is um, – is they don't score that many points. And the Falcons, as much as you say – and as much as we – we follow the Falcons very closely and we're very invested in this team. And so, but like they're still top 10 in total yards or top 10 in passing yards. They're still, uh, they're still, well, they're not as high at points anymore, but like they're still, this is still a good offensive team as of right now, statistically in the whole frame of the NFL. But the, the matchup is really just kind of, uh, that's kind of a positive thing, but a negative thing is what kind of scares you is the Vikings run the ball so well. They're number four in the league in, ru in rushing. And as you know, the, the on paper, the defense for the, um, the Falcons has been okay. They're middle of the pack. Uh, according to stats, they're number 14 in the league and giving up 110 rushing yards. But, I mean, the Fal or the Vikings are averaging 160 rushing yards with Dalvin Cook leading the way. I mean, this could be bad. And if you just I – mean, these are the numbers for sure. These are people adding numbers and, like, this is statistical value of what's going on. But, like, if you take a step back and watch that game against the Panthers – 
and in the fourth quarter, all of the missed tackles and all the arm tackles and in the Panthers second string running back, that's a shot right there, but they're not their, their, their bell cow. I mean, not Christian McCaffrey. He's carrying Falcons to the first down. And that's, that's a, that's a scary matchup right there that obviously Gray Jarrett is good. He's going to have, I think a solid game and everything else, but he's playing with a bunch of dudes that you don't, don't know what's going to happen. And Foyer is outplayed Deion Jones this year. Right. Um, like I said, with a running back situation in Minnesota, Dalvin Cook potentially may not play this weekend. They still have another guy, though. They've got Alexander Madison. That's what I'm thinking. Who, yep. Who's actually – he's averaged uh, right around 43.8 yards per game of, as a lead back and playing against the Falcons. Who knows? I mean, he could have a big day, too. For sure. So, um, so that's offensively there. And then, obviously, you've chronicled their defense for me. The matchup there – is um, what to look out for, and and, and, and not going to be is is it's kind of surprising, honestly. Is the the Vikings are first overall in third down percentage. They they're only giving up twenty seven percent of third down conversions as a defense. That's surprising to me. I didn't think they were you know that good. That's just one of the stats that, because I mean, if you look at their overall defensive rank. You're looking at 26th in the league, 27th in the league, 24th in the league, 27th in the league. I mean, they're high 20s. I mean, they ain't got a shot against the Falcons. The Falcons are in the 30s, baby. But um, they're number one in third down conversions. I don't know if that just means that teams don't get the third down for them very often or what have you, but they're not as elite as they um, they thought they were going to be for the last couple of years. Right, and if you look at their schedule, they really haven't beaten anybody very relevant in NFL. Their only win was against a Houston, Texas team that was uh, 0-3 at the time. Yeah, so, they, they really haven't done a lot with their schedule. So, I think this is a winnable game for the Falcons, and there has been uh, there has been instances of an interim head coach coming in and everybody getting fired up and getting up for the game and jumping up. And so this is not even a jumping up and biting them game. This is a – playing well game and we could beat these guys so uh, this could be a, this could be a, a road win for the Falcons could be the first one of the year I don't know and and depending on what side of the coin that you're setting you either want the Falcons to at least to get some sort of respectability and win this weekend or you want them to lose and keep in contention for that number one draft choice it's so hard to root for them to lose, personally. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, I in the game, I, get, I go through so many emotions. I'm such an mo- emotional mess on Sundays that um, sometimes I'll sit and think, you know, it's like, do, do you really want to beat the Vikings? Like, is that is it that important to you? And then other, you know, I like on the kickoff when the – the boot meets the ball or whatever, you know, but like whenever it's kickoff and you're in the, I'm like, man, let's smash these guys. So I don't know. I, I never could really, uh, really root for, for, for not playing well and, and not winning, but this might be one of those years that I'm just like, you know what, this has a chance of changing the franchise overall. Let's just take one for the team. Right. You want good things to happen overall. And let's face it, I mean, this is a lost season. You've fired your general manager. You fired your head coach. You you picked a defensive coordinator whose defense has given up points at an alarming rate and yards at an alarming rate to be your interim head coach. 
now there's COVID in the house. I mean, what else could go wrong for the Falcons? I mean, just about everything could go wrong this year has. Yeah, and um, I think, too, that the Vikings are kind of in the same boat as the the Falcons. That The Vikings, a while back, people were like, oh, man, this team's going to be good for a while. They gave Kirk Cousins this big contract, biggest contract at the time of guaranteed money. And uh, they really just haven't uh, materialized into anything, I don't know, formidable. And so I think they might have overestimated some of their guys on defense or gotten rid of some guys. But um, Kirk Cousins still can beat you if he's given four seconds back there. I mean, if you're giving him four seconds to look at the entire field, make a sandwich, watch a TV show and eat popcorn, then throw the ball, then – he's going to beat you. So I think I see a lot of that being like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was able to get the ball out fast and, and Kirk Cousins might be able to do the same thing this week. Maybe. I mean, Kirk Cousins has been pretty bad this year though. He's only averaging 215 yards a game passing. They're near the bottom of the league. I think they're bottom five. So okay. So there you go. They, they've had a rough time passing the ball. They can run the ball really well passing, not so much. Okay. So, um, what do you think – so so we've laid out kind of just some key matchups there, but what do you think is the overall – I don't know, the overall look and the overall mentality of this team coming out of the locker room? If this game happens, we're, we're talking if this game happens on Sunday. I mean, heck, on Tuesday, on Tuesday t- as well. But do you think they're going to play hard or is there, are they going to come out flat? What do you think is going to happen? It's just hard to say. I think it just depends on uh, whatever effect that Raheem Morris has on them during the week. I mean, it, it's just hard to say because you don't know how the team's going to respond mentally with their head coach and their general manager being fired. They either are going to be like, our season's over, or they're going to be like, come on, let's just go ahead and prove everybody wrong. And so, it's just hard for me to get a, put a good finger on that right now. So my guess, my prediction is that they're going to play hard for Raheem Morris. They're going to they're going to play up a level, and they might beat these guys because Raheem Morris has been in in on in the franchise for a while now, and he's pretty well respected on both sides of the ball. If you remember, he has coached both sides. He's coached uh, the wide receiver groups, and he's coached the defensive backs group. And so now he's a defensive coordinator, so he has a little experience with all groups, and I think everybody likes him. And he's a little feisty. He seems a little bit, um, you know, obviously the defense has materialized in anything uh, close to what it needs to be. But, I mean, the press conference, if there's any indication of his personality, then um, in in the press conference, someone asked him a dumb question, and he uh, he jumped all over the guy. So uh, he, he was asked by a Falcons reporter that, hey, in the future, uh, finding another head coaching job is, you know, are you putting together tape to, to find another job? And he's like, well, I don't know if you know this or not, but I am the head coach of this football team. and I've guaranteed 11 games to get this thing turned around. So I am the head coach and I already have a job. And next question, please. I was like, woo, okay. Enjoyed the way that Arthur Blank, when he was interviewed the other day, because he was asked directly, would Raheem Morris be a legitimate candidate for the coaching job? And and Arthur's answer was, well, because 11 and 0, he will be. <laughs> but yeah. he, that's all the commitment he gave. And then, too, I know circling back to this Matt Ryan thing, it's kind of it's kind of um, grown legs a little bit with people questioning, you know, the noncommittal language that 
Arthur Blank, because Arthur Blank in the past has said, this is kind of taking you back a little bit, that with the Julio contract, Julio, set, Julio Jones set a precedent. Um, typically what happens in the league is you get down to the last year of your contract, and, and then the last year of your contract, you ask for more money, and they re-up your contract going forward, and they just you know bridge the gap. But it's usually only one year. You get a bigger contract. They rip the old contract, and you move forward, and you get more money. This year, Julio – or not this year, but in years past, Julio had two years left on his contract and wanted more money. And he made a big stink about it, and I think the media really got in there and made the swirl, media swirl as well. And he eventually – you know, strong-armed, basically, for not showing up to camp, which, you know, I make a big deal out of stuff anyway, but he got a two-year deal, a, a, a new deal and a raise two years ahead of time, and through this process, Arthur came out and said, hey, this guy right here is good. I mean, if you remember, he drafted him as well, walked in the room and said, mm-hmm. hey, I want this guy. He said, this guy's good. Julio Jones is going to be a Falcon for life. And now Arthur Blank is hamstrung. I think Arthur learned from his mistake in this press conference and said, hey, what's Matt Ryan's future? And he said, we're going to let the general manager make that choice. Because if he came out and said, hey, Matt Ryan is a Falcon for life, his, the next day his agent's in his office say, all right, boy, you know, or maybe not that extreme, but that's, that could be leveraged there of what's happening next or whatever. So I think, uh, and you don't want to lie to your fan base because he's been a man of his word generally in this, in his uh, tenure with with the Falcons. So that's just a bunch of drama there. So. Right. All options are on the table with Matt Ryan. I mean, I know you said he's going to be hard to trade because of the cap, but there may be a team that can find some cap space. that doesn't have a quarterback that can um, end up with Matt Ryan, or it's possible the Falcons restructure his contract. I can see that happening too. I've got two teams that are slightly uh, realistic and slightly in a pipe dream, and everybody just acts really cool. Could make it get to make it happen, and I don't know what any of the money looks like. I just know they need a quarterback. I knew, um, and you got to look at teams that are a piece of way from being a contender, a real contender. Matt Ryan's right. had a had a couple bad games, but he's way better than Philip Rivers, so. Um, I would look at the Colts. Um, maybe the Colts have some assets they want to liquidate as well, you know, trade for or some picks. You would be a late pick, obviously. But the Colts need a quarterback, a starting quarterback. And I think the Niners need a starting quarterback. I've been on record before for a long time saying Jimmy G ain't the answer. So um, he got benched the other day. So they need a quarterback too. So, And I'd be cool with Danny Etling for a couple, th- you know, 10 games. You know, let's see what you got. Yeah. Know. Okay. So, how many how many picks do you think the Falcons could actually acquire get out of the deal? Yeah. How many how many picks do you think they could acquire from Indianapolis? Let's say they traded Matt Ryan to the Colts. I mean, how many can they get out of the deal? I'm, I'm guessing two or, or one. Obviously, depending on what it is, is a first and a second maybe. That's really high. I mean, at first and second, that could really help your franchise. But there's, you know, first and second is still going to be later in the round. But uh, Right, but there's nothing wrong with that because you can find good players in the NFL. And it's just harder to find, I think, maybe if your team has 
a huge need to fill that huge need first. But you can find really good players in all rounds of the NFL draft. It's really the only draft other than MLB that's really like that. You know, you, you're not really going to find top-of-the-line guys in the NBA in the second round. You know, you really need to get a first-rounder to make a difference. Right. And so, you know, I'm not even answering the phone if it's not a first. So that's just me personally. Like, I mean, I'll pick, right. up, the, I'll pick up the phone and talk. But if it's not a first, you know, you're going to hear the dial tone. So, um, right, what about you? What do you think? Um, I mean, I think he could be worth as many as three picks. I, I just think it depends on the team and, and what you're willing to negotiate. And what we really need to do is get a draft sort of similar. I was looking at Minnesota – at the Minnesota Vikings team that we're playing this weekend. And, man, they had – they were loaded with picks last year. I mean, they must have had, like, 17 picks in the draft just looking at this. Um, yeah, they had, they had at least 15. And we need a deep draft like that. The Falcons well, need a deep draft like that. They've made so many moves – in the past and moving up strangely like, Hey, you know what? It's a good idea. We're going to move up. We're going to move up like 15 spots to get back into the first round and take another offensive lineman that no one's heard of. Like I think. And then, so you're giving up picks for that. So like that's hurting you down the line. So now even the ghost of Thomas Dimitrov is still haunting you. You had out of the seven picks you could have had, you had five. So, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So that's still going to hurt you. So speaking of you know resumes, and and uh, well before we before we transition there, I need to get your uh, score prediction for this uh, Falcons Vikings game at at, at Vikings away, uh, scheduled to be Sunday, missing a day of practice with the interim head coach, um, Raheem Morris gets his first start as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, and I guess Jeff Ulbrich's gonna be calling defensive plays solely by himself this time. What's your uh, score prediction. Okay, well, I'm going to stick with uh, what's been happening historically for the Falcons this season. I think even it's just been a trying week for them. You've had uh, the you've had the firings of Dan Quinn. You've had the firing of Thomas Dimitrov. You've had COVID infiltrate the clubhouse. Um, it's just hard to tell what their mental state is. In Minnesota, even if they don't have Dalvin Cook in the game, I still think they're going to be able to find some yards against this Falcons defense because it's been so bad all year. So I'm going to go with Minnesota winning a 17 to 10 game. Also, points have been at a premium for the Falcons right. the last couple of weeks too. They've had a hard time scoring the football, which is something they really didn't have the first three weeks of the season. So until the Falcons prove me wrong, I'm going to keep picking them to lose. I think. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm, I'm with you on that as well. So I'm going to go. Um, the Falcons have not scored the ball as much uh, here in the recent weeks as, as they have been. Um, and I think the Vikings defense – or no, the Vikings offense attack, their running uh, running attack really tires the Falcons out. And uh, really, the, I think they've run all over the Falcons, and that's just totally being honest, and which stinks. Um, so I'm going to go uh, 24-13 is my score prediction. I mean, um, a lot similar to last week's game. It was 26-13, I believe. So, uh, statistically, you were, you were you know, within grasp event- at one point. But uh, I think it's going to be a lot of the same. So, Thank you for joining us for another episode of Rise Up Radar. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions, if you have any show suggestions, go ahead and drop them in the comment section. 
And uh, thank you for listening again. And until next time, rise up. Thank you.